can see me or you can hear me. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is February 4th, 2019. Um, I'm really excited to be back with you guys. Uh, the polar vortex is gone. Uh, up in my little state here, we've gotten some really serious snow going on here. Uh, drifts as high as 10 feet. Uh, so it's pretty interesting. We'd all love a little bit of climate. Uh, what is it? Global warming, please. Up this way. Now, uh, today we have a lot of recap to do because tomorrow is going to be exciting. This is why the president hasn't tweeted much out. Um, and not a lot is going on. Uh, for most of you that follow me, again, on ToriSays.com, on Twitter at Tori underscore says, and at Gab, Tori underscore says, you'll see that I've been very busy today uh, publishing a few articles um, I still have a few more and I have gotten your emails. I've been having a little bit of a problem uploading my live shows. Uh, my studio and myself missed one of the days. It just disappeared. So I will be working on that diligently today uh, to upload the past, you know, four. Sh- well, yeah, no, it's actually three because one's missing shows. And today's um, I think I figured out what the problem was. So today Like I said, lots to talk about in anticipation of the State of the Union. We still have this whole border wall issue, this whole caravan issue. uh, But let's talk about other things. Let's talk about where's Ruth. You know, everyone wants to know where Ruth is. And let's talk about Venezuela. We have a lot of developments on that front. Let's talk about Iran and Turkey. And I think we should start there. Because we've been talking about Turkey and um the Middle Eastern issues that we have in regards to this oil struggle and the dynamics working within EU, Turkey, and Russia, and Iran. Now, as we saw over the weekend, Russia pulled out of the treaty uh, right after the U.S. did in regards to the sanctions. That is a huge move and shows that um, Russia uh, is understanding that the dynamic of the EU pulling and, and prodding and with Turkey kind of standing in the middle isn't going to isn't working for them at all. And so what's important for us to understand is that this these the fact that our nation and Russia pulled out is huge because we saw that Iran started to send their troops down to Venezuela now. I mean, out of all countries, why is Iran sending military reinforcements down to Venezuela? 
it makes everyone ponder and wonder what is really going on. And anyone that has been, you know, an avid listener understands it's all about oil. I told you two months ago, the reason Venezuela is so attractive and so sexy to all these countries is because they have over 383 years of oil reserves. And keep in mind, Saudi Arabia only has 69. That's huge and massive. And it's all about money. We talked about how Turkey is the gatekeeper for all the oil that is being siphoned from the Middle East, right? We have it coming in from Iran that goes to Oman and that war, you know, down Yemen is all about bullying them to allow Iran to siphon through to Turkey. The EU now has been caught with their pants down as they can't really sanction Russia because then they have to admit that they get oil from Iran all this time. So this is pretty incredible what's going on the world front. We have China that no one reported coming to our president asking him to meet us halfway. We had President Trump read the letter from President Xi and remember, these are Chinese and their culture, this is super egg on their face. To bow down and say, will you meet us in the middle? Which means our president has great leverage right now to mitigate circumstances, to mitigate the situations on a global front. Because I know all of us are talking about the localized, you know, events that we have because we're a hot mess. I mean, the United States is literally in a hot mess. People don't know if they're coming or going. Uh, They're standing with these people. Next minute, they're throwing them under the bus. But look at the global scale. It tells you all you need to know. France has been on fire. We have how many weeks of people protesting? Everyone keeps saying it's about this carbon tax when we all know what it's about. It's about the drop in the ages for uh, consensual marriage, where France allowed two men to get away with raping 11-year-old children and now making it law to allow child marriages or to lower the age of consent. See, the people on the ground there know really what's going on. The United Kingdom is struggling. We see May not being able to hold her seat because now they're, in 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 a sense, split in half because they don't know. They're saying, well, well, if we do it this way, we're still attached to the EU. We want full independence. But then if you get full independence, you lose so much money. What do you do? How do we close borders? How do we fix our nation that is... Falling, And this is a problem that we see throughout the whole European Union. Uh, there was a hot mic of the Greek prime minister saying to Macron, again, hot mic, just like the one we saw with the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, where he was telling the crown prince on a hot mic, uh, I'm confused. Uh, I thought I told you you had time. And the crown prince was literally mocking the president of France, the prime minister, president, whatever you want to call Macron, you know, he was telling him, yeah, 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 I know you told me. That video was pulled, obviously, from the internet. Many people saw it, though. And now we have a new one where the Greek prime minister was mocking his citizens that were protesting, told them that I have 70,000 protesting, but they'll comply anyway. And, you know, remember, the dynamic in the European Union right now for citizens of the EU states, right? Because remember, those countries have no sovereignty anymore. They've forfeited that to join the European Union. So there is no country of Italy, country of Greece. These are states. They're run by the European Union. He turns around and says, well, they'll comply anyway. Well, how are they not going to comply? You're taxing them 80%. For every $100 they make, they fork over $80 to the Germans. They're tired. 
they're just exhausted from working so hard and losing so much for eradicating uh, eons long uh, traditions within, within their country being disallowed. I mean, if we take a step back and look at the world, we'll realize just how incredible the time that we're living in right now is. Antifa this weekend planted a bomb somewhere in Oregon. Uh, you know, we're going, it, it's like the whole world has taken a big gulp of insanity. Uh, we have caravans approaching our borders and, you know, the left completely, completely crazy about just building a wall, which they know will hinder trafficking, hinder drugs, uh, hinder, um, Criminals from re-entering. I mean, they just arrested a criminal 11 miles west of a a port of entry that was found to have raped children and deported after he did his time, and they caught him re-entering the country. This is a big problem. The United States was built on immigrants. We don't have a problem bringing them in. Anyone can apply for asylum. Anyone can come to our country, can approach our country to enter Because we need immigrants. We have so many jobs right now. We need them. But what we need is to be able to control who comes. You know, I published the last article that I published just uh, maybe 30 minutes ago was about 21 Savage, the rapper, right? So this guy is 26 years old. He's apparently a British national. Came here from the United Kingdom back in 2005, which would have made him around 12, 13 years old. And his visa expired. He came here legally. But he never left, never applied. So that would mean that he would be able, I guess, to go under that program, you know, for dreamers, like if your parents bring you. I mean, it's not like a 13-year-old can get on a flight and go back home, right? We're not going to hold them against, hold it against the child that has found this place to be his home. But here's the thing. He's never once, never once said, hey, I am an illegal immigrant in the United States. I would like to be a U.S. citizen. Instead, he completely fabricated his past, claimed that he was born and raised in Atlanta, rose up as a local act, and now he got caught. And the question is, how was he making all this money? What accounts was it going into? Because he'd have to use some form of identification in order to open up an account. He went to school. You can't register without social security numbers. You can't do all this stuff. So the question is what happened here? He was, he's now being detained by ice. And unfortunately, because he's a convicted felon for drugs from back in 2014, he probably doesn't qualify for American citizenship under the DACA slash Dreamer program. So this is this is the hot mess that we're coming into Monday, entering the State of the Union address, which, like I said weeks ago, is that when Pelosi decides to allow the president to have it, that there would be a boycott, and boom, they've already started talking about it, that they're going to boycott it because they don't want to show the empty seats. And two empty seats that I've been referring to, aside from the Republican Congressman Tom Marino that has been indicted and stepped down from Congress, we have two Republican candidates, you know, the cowboy chick, Frederica Wilson from Florida, and then Payne Jr. from New Jersey, nowhere to be seen. They haven't voted for over 15 days, and their offices keep saying they're in Washington, but if they're in Washington, why aren't they voting? So the question lies as to where these indictments are 
and why they're nowhere to be seen. You see them tweeting pictures from years ago, from months ago, or tweeting other people, but nothing with them in it. So it makes you wonder, makes you think what is really going on. In um, One thing I can say is I was really excited to see uh, Secretary Pompeo uh, tweet in a more... Um, I would say fun uh, way. You know, this guy you would consider is a stiff being CIA, right? Uh, but he he literally um, posted a, a tweet yesterday. It says, it's true, real Donald Trump. I do love being America's most senior diplomat. I love it because I get to lead great men and women of the State Department who bust their tails every day to proudly deliver American values and American diplomacy to every corner of the world. Hashtag swagger. What? That was kind of, that was kind of unexpected. But um, I, have, I have to say that just a few minutes ago, he started to talk about Iran. He tweeted out that in 1979, Ayatollah Khomeini sold the Iranian people a prosperous future. Forty years later, Iran's corrupt regime has delivered nothing but broken pr- promises. Hashtag 40 years of failure. Now, the reason I read this is because uh, over eight months ago, I broke a story about Peter Strzok being raised in Iran. Now, why did I break that story? The more important portion of it was Peter Strzok's father. He was actually in Iran that dismantled the Iranian government and, and, and gave Khomeini the power. This is why he was in Iran. And remember, Peter Strzok II, because for some reason they keep saying, you know, Peter Strzok I and that Peter Strzok, you know, the FBI agent is Peter Strzok II. It's not true. They've obfuscated that the grandfather was also a Peter Strzok. They call him Mark, that he's from Minnesota. It's not so. Minnesota Records, Minnesota's right next door, shows that there was another Peter Strzok. So the reason I bring this up is it all circles back to the same corrupt crew, this gang. So Peter Strzok's, the FBI agent's father, so let's call him Peter Strzok II, he arrived in Iran in 1977. Well, he was there before that. But in 1977, he started to implement strategies to remove the Iranian government, the regime that was there, and bring Khomeini into power. This is why the FBI agent, Peter Strzok, was going to the American school in Iran at the time. He was literally raised in Iran. And so they bro- they took down the regime. They installed Khomeini. Then they went over to an African country, destroyed that country, changed the name of the country, and left. And where did he go? Haiti. Because he worked for a charity. It's all about these NGOs. Because you, do you know how they brought down the Iranian regime? How they brought Khomeini into power? Through NGOs. So these charities, these foundations of giving, for some reason are altering our political sphere. Internationally, they influence our politics. They influence our foreign relations. They influence everything that has to do with every being of every country. And I remember one uh, a listener had asked, well, how do we target these, you know, um, charities? How do we fix it? And I only remind you the article that I put out about the Russian national spy that was at our U.S. embassy in Russia that President Trump knew about, followed, 
allowed to continue what she was doing and then fired along with the ambassador who was super salty and wrote like a, you know, very, um, very, (laughs) very salty piece about the president and his time there. Um, You know, people don't like getting caught. And why do I mention this? Because the problem that we have is his daughter, USAID. USAID is how they control all the nations. If you read their statements, it's to promote democratic values uh, that the U.S. adheres to to other countries. Why do we need to be spending $50 million in a country across the world to supposedly bring our values to them? Who says our values are the best values? To them, it may be something else. Why are we meddling? We fund all these organizations within them. I mean, Macedonia, and I don't want to call them Macedonian because I'm Greek and Macedonian is Greek. So that's a cultural thing. But the, 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 that nation that is struggling to find a name and an identity actually filed a complaint to the United Nations complaining that the U.S. was meddling in their elections. The same goes for Albania. The same goes from the former Yugoslav, Czech, Serbia, you name it, African countries, Asian countries, complaining about the actions of USAID. Russia expelled them in 2012 when they caught them funding what? Protests. Funding protesters, funding caravans, right? Funding all these things, and Russia expelled all of them. They are no longer allowed as of 2012 to do any business. And the funny thing is, in that article that I published a couple months ago, USAID can't even reconcile with the Treasury. And we're talking $3 billion worth. They're buying property. They're bleeding money. They're being audited every year. And it's the same woman in charge, you know, that audits and checks USAID's balances. And she can't explain why they sold 46 properties and why they bought so many properties in Qatar. Where's the money going? Where are they spending it? Who are they funding? It's all cash transactions, they say. And all of this is available on their site. It's public knowledge. The point is, where are the people that are supposed to be working for us taking care of our tax money, right? Where is the balancing of the checkbook? Because if my money is going to another country to help them, how am I really helping them if I'm helping formulate protests? How am I helping by creating caravans? Because you're you're preying on vulnerable individuals in another country, preying on their insecurities, preying on their, you know, loss of ability to work, their, you know, that they feel oppressed, they feel marginalized, whatever it is, and you're preying on them and literally using them as a tool to conduct what? Why is my hard-earned money used for that? Remember, It was only a few weeks ago that President Trump said, why did we just suddenly send aid to southern Mexico and Honduras? He asked that. He said, why did we just send hundreds of millions of dollars to them? Why are we sending this money? What, What do they need it for? No one answered. I mean, I'm still waiting for the FOIA response. And, you know, it's another few more days that I have to wait. But President Trump had asked Secretary Pompeo, Well, at the time, it was someone else that was the Secretary of State to create a report for five years going back for each foreign aid program that we funded. 
for every single one from 17 and beyond, you know, behind five years. He wanted to know where the money was going and where it was spent. You know what's funny, though? That report I haven't seen yet. I'm waiting to get the 30-day report and the um, synopsis that was done by the Department of State. But the question will be, well, here's the report, but here's their audit report. How do we reconcile the two? How do we put them together to make sense of things? You can't because it's $5 billion off. Three billion here, two billion there. Tons of properties, cash transactions. Who's getting it? It is pretty incredible, right? If you think about it, how much of our money is being taken away from our pockets to fund foreign governments without our permission? And not only that, we're funding foreign governments that are against us. You know, isn't it kind of ironic that we send so many billions of dollars to Iran and who's first to rush to send military troops to Venezuela? It's Iran. With what money? I thought they were broke. Didn't you think they were broke? I thought they were broke. They were begging for cash from the European Union. How are they sending troops? Where's the UN on this? How are they chiming into this whole scenario? The question that we should all ask ourselves is, what is really going on here? And take a step back away from the U.S., you know, domestic politics and stand alone and, you know, pretend you're looking down at the planet and look at all the, the insane push and pulls we have globally right now. We've got China being marginalized by every single nation because of Huawei and ZTE, right? They are cornered. They have over $5 billion invested in Venezuela, and they're sitting ducks because they could lose that money. They're being attacked in Africa for their wrongdoings, and they've been doing it for a while. And remember, China is not one that you want to really stir stuff up with. I mean, they've got the majority. They got the body count. They got the majority of the planet's population there. So if they get rallied up the right way, you know how Hitler rallied people the right way, it could be a really big problem, especially when they have nuclear capabilities. So here we are, the only country trying to negotiate, whereas we're having all these other nations come in hard and fast, putting pressure on China. This is a very volatile time. And we're not realizing it because we're so distracted with our domestic politics. We are distracted with what's going on, who's going to get arrested, who's going to do a perp walk. You know, those are minimal if you actually step back and see just exactly where we stand as a nation in this hot mess of a planet. The European Union is failing, has failed. It's causing stress. The economy within the U.S. is growing. And more so, we're seeing a comeback of Antifa. And Antifa, I know that Homeland Security had uh, put out a publication and documentation to law enforcement saying that their actions are considered those of domestic terrorists. But they haven't come out to say that Antifa is a domestic terrorist organization, which is blowing my mind. So their actions are, but they're not. It's kind of confusing. So Antifa is coming back really hard and really aggressive um and they're getting a lot bolder and they have money and the question is 
who's funding them? Because this is violence, and their aim is not to just break windows and punch Nazis, as they say, right? But their aim is to stop anyone from organizing to protest. So if you and and 20 of us decided we want to go to the Capitol and stand there with a sign, Antifa will come into our face and disrupt us just like they did the Covington boys. And those boys were simply waiting on the steps to get a bus. So they ambushed them because that is the goal, to not allow you to exercise your right to do what? To organize and protest, regardless of where you sit. I'm okay with people with the pink hat sitting there and saying abortion is is the way to go and it's a right and they're calling it a health care. I mean, I don't even know how you can consider it a health care service. I'm sorry. I just don't agree with it. And it's fine for me to disagree with you. Totally. Right? Totally fine. And I'm totally fine with you stepping up at the hill and making your point. I'm totally fine you standing on the Capitol and saying that I'm a Nazi because I love my country. Whatever. You have that right, and I will die defending your right to say whatever you want. These people just don't want us to be able to say whatever we want. And and that's the, the source of the issue here. Now, before we head into the break... Um, on the next half hour, I want to talk Antifa. I want to run through what we're expecting for the State of the Union because I have an awesome guest that's coming on for the full hour. She will have the full floor. Uh, she's like a unicorn and a wealth of information. Uh, she can tell you things about the caravan that you can't even fathom. And, you know, I have a lot of sources within Mexico, uh, within, you know, Panama telling me things, but she is a wealth of information because just like me, she watches foreign news because I've said it before, turn off the TV, maybe go online and look at what the foreign news are saying. I troll French TV. I troll German TV, the local channels, not the mainstream media, because they will tell you the truth. I'll see you guys all in a bit. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. That's 855 855- 
Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 961 Promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Welcome back for the second half of my first hour. Again, I'm your host, Tori. Um, so I'm getting a lot of messages from everyone. Yes, it is kind of smooth sailing today in regards to the news cycle. Not much is going on, and that's because there's a gear up for the State of the Union. Just like I said, Ruth won't show up. You know, it's evident that she, they might even pull the plug on her, you know, just to delay the State of the Union. Uh, but, you know, they've already dropped the line that they're going to be boycotting. So no point in playing that card, right? They'll use it for later. The the thing that a lot of you are talking about is the caravans. And, yes, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about that in the next half hour. Uh, one thing that I also wanted to say this morning, I dropped another article about a gentleman, a gentleman, a monster, excuse me, um, that was from New Mexico. On January 15th, he was arrested and taken to court for raping a 13-year-old child who happened to be his daughter and beating her friend. The judge let him out on bail for $10,000 on a bond, right, um, for $10,000 and forced him to wear an ankle, an ankle monitor. A few days later, he was brought back into court in front of the same judge, Judge Ortega, for raping an infant 19 months old, right, a toddler. So the judge, same judge, let him go on a $20,000 bond. He left after he made bail, went home after a couple of days, and then raped a five-year-old child and skipped town. And they arrested him just last Sunday in Colorado. Now, obviously, we have sick people in the world, and we have been, and it's not like it just happened. It's been happening for ages, right? We have twisted people everywhere we go. It's, it's not a, a something new. I mean, in my state, North Dakota, oh my gosh, 
senators, elected officials. I mean, look at Bismarck. The chaplain of the police department there was caught diddling with little kids and didn't go to jail. This is real stuff. Or the um, newscaster, was it K-Fire or KX News that was arrested a few years ago for raping a child? You don't hear about that because they keep it on the hush, especially in red states. And (laughs) is it really red? Let's be honest. So um, the thing is, judge. This judge, how is he sitting on a bench? Tell me how a judge finds it okay to give a man a bond to go home, $10,000, which is what, um, maybe $1,000 out of his pocket? Depending on his income, could be just $500. He goes home knowingly. I mean, what's the ankle monitor going to do? Be honest. Is it going to stop him from raping a child? Because he raped an infant after he went back home. So how do you let predators like that out when they when they prey on the most vulnerable population, children? I mean, how is this judge even allowed to sit on the bench? If I was in New Mexico, I would be the only person standing in front of the courthouse waving signs that he needs to go. I've I've done it. I've petitioned in my city of Minot to get rid of a judge here who hands out slaps on the wrist to pedophiles and people that have been convicted and found guilty of raping and molesting children. I mean, didn't we have, uh, how many news, what was it in, um, from the justice department in Bismarck arresting that guy that was going on to the reservations and raping children. I wrote a huge article about it and, um, you can find it on torysays.com. It's pretty descriptive and shows just how deep this goes. I mean, this arrest by the department of justice was, I would say, um, a pony show piece because when you grab someone like this, that is involved in trafficking, you find all their friends. You find all the other people that network. And and that's what's important. But anyway, New Mexico, because I know I have listeners out there, I would suggest you guys write to your your senators, your congresspersons to remove this judge or at least have him investigated. Because what we have to do is make sure that when we arrest someone for crimes like this, especially when they're a danger to public, you keep them behind bars until you suss it out. The allegations were pretty intense. And within the same week, they get brought into you for the same thing and you let them go? That's incredible, right? So I just wanted to say that. I know my fans are really distraught. That's the bottom line of the article, not showing the monstrosities. Because if if I was writing articles all the time of sex, you know, child trafficking, child trafficking for organ donations, for medical experiments, you know, rape, whatever, my the whole thing would just be about that. Because there's at least, you know, thousands of those cases daily nationwide. We We, we just can't. The point here is, who is this judge and why is he sitting on a bench? I, I think we need to be a little bit more astute and we have to be a little bit more critical when it comes to the people that actually rule for justice because this is where the problem lies. Um, just like the problems that were lying at the border, right? We have judges. I know, uh, you know, it was very underreported. I think I mentioned it last week. While everyone was distracted with the Covington boys and all this stuff, President Trump appointed um, 50 new district judges, and he sent more judges for immigration to expedite the process because you do have children involved. And, you know, the majority of them are not even with family, which makes you cock your head like, you know, how does that happen? But I've said it before. When you're in nations where there's poverty or they've made a mistake, ran with the wrong crew, and they have a baby, they'd be willing to give you up the child. 
they give it to you and say, please give it a better future, please. I've been in that situation in different countries where they're like, you're an American. You can help my child take it. And it's like, uh, no, because 10 years from now, uh, I'll be wanted for kidnapping. Uh, because it's not like, oh yeah, she gave it to me. You could lie and say, no, I took it from you. There's no, I'm not adopting any children. I'm sorry. But they do this because as a mother, I can understand that need. I I don't see how they would be able to give the child up, um, because I would never, but I'm not everyone else. Right. So I can't judge, but this happens. We have people providing their children to other people for a better future. And the thing is, do you really trust a coyote? Do you trust a man that takes money and treats you like you're, you know, the, the dirt at the bottom of his shoe as he transports you to take care of your child? Do you think that he might not take your child and sell it to the highest bidder when he crosses the border? We've seen it. We've heard those stories before. It's happened. At least the president is trying to do something about that. I mean, we have more medical, uh, train, more medical facilities down there. Uh, people are coming in sick. You know, that case of flesh eating bacteria, um, you know, where they, uh, caught one of, uh, the migrants coming in, having that, a toddler being thrown over a wall. You know, these are all, you know, the coyote is not going to take care of your child as much as you would. And when you see one man with like 10 kids, you got to cock your head and think, okay, something's not right here. And a lot of them don't want to submit DNA samples. A lot of them don't want to go through all this biometric testing that was implemented to expedite and figure out if you're actually relatives or not. And that was the whole purpose of them separating the children and the parents was to test. It wasn't to torture people. It was to test. And for the more older children, it was to ask them questions and make them feel safe you know did they rape you did they put you in i mean that's what they do i mean think there's a man that comes in with two 12 year old girls and you've received them and they look disheveled of course because they've been walking for how many thousand miles right and you detain them and you separate them from this man who has some form of power over them if he's kidnapped them he's convinced those girls that he's going to kill every single member of their family If he's kidnapped them, he can convince them and he will kill them or torture them or maybe kill their puppy. I mean, their children, they'll believe anything. So how do you get the child to feel safe and talk to you and tell you what they've been through? Because a child will tell you when they feel safe. I mean, you see it all the time. This is how you question them. You take them away from the person that is suppressing them and ask them these questions. So, you know, the outrage is kind of fake outrage. (laughs) (laughs) And this catch and release isn't helping anyone. We need more organized uh, facilities, uh, more organized, I guess, screening processes. But we can't do that without a wall. And for some reason, everybody hates the word wall, but it's a wall. It's a wall. It's a wall. And (laughs) a lot of people are like, nope, it's a steel barrier. It's this barrier. Nobody cares. It's a wall. It's a physical barrier. It's worked from forever, ever, 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 ever in time. The most beautiful, glorious wall we can see from space, the great Chinese wall. (laughs) And that's been up there for thousands of years. And it was built for that very purpose, for people not to invade the country. And people will be like, but these are people seeking asylum. Yes, But there's a lot of people that get in the mix with them that aren't seeking asylum. This is why we found prayer rugs in New Mexico. You know, why are we finding prayer rugs? When have you ever heard of a Honduran Muslim? Seriously? 
What, Costa Rican Muslim? Mexican Muslim? Really? Their culture is embedded in Christianity. Are you kidding? So where are we getting all these prayer rugs from? Because it only takes one terrorist to blow one place up. Just one. Not two. One. It was only one that convinced the pilot to throw, you know, that took the plane and threw it into the Twin Towers. If you're with that story of planes going into Twin Towers, it was one person. It was just one. So when is it enough for us to realize that the time is now to secure our country. And we all know what the real reason is and why the radical left does not want any borders. And it goes back to the Obama administration announcements that he made in 2016 that no one was looking at because we were too busy talking about Hillary's email, too busy focusing on the scam that the Clinton Foundation and Obama were doing in regards to CrowdStrike, Fusion, GPS, and, you know, the insanity of how Trump is evil. So we were so distracted with that, we weren't paying attention up to how they had already planned to create the North American Union. Remember how the three of them stood up and talked about a common currency between all three nations, Canada, the U.S., and Mexico? I mean, if you build a wall, that's going to be a lot more difficult to implement because President Trump coming in threw a huge wrench. This is why they are foaming at the mouth. It's not because he's a bad person. It's not because what he's saying is wrong. It's because... This was the plan. They had already sussed it out. They were already agreeing and negotiating on this North American Union currency, right? That's what the plan was. Clinton was supposed to take it and drive it home, remember? And Trump came out of nowhere when they had dumped so much money in the media, so much money everywhere that she was winning. She was winning. She was like, they had you convinced. No need to go to the polls. She won. Of course, because now we figure that there's 25 million illegal immigrants. And obviously, who are they going to vote for? The Democrats, because the Democrats say they're going to protect them. So, you know, popular vote, that story's kind of going now slowly. And I know um, President Trump is a very polarizing figure. Uh, you either like him or hate him. I love him. I knew him before he was president. I'm totally fine with him, and I understand him. I understand that he's rough around the edges, and it's unfortunate that the people that surrounded him at the beginning of his presidency did him, didn't guide him correctly you know, into how to put things forward because, you know, it's all about how you say things because I can, I can be caught in that trap too, where I'm like, but it's a fact. Why do I have to smooth it over? (laughs) I'm like that too. The thing is that this man threw a wrench into a huge plan and this wall will be detrimental for them to actually do it because then they're going to have to destroy it to complete their plan because you can't have a wall between a unified country. And then it begs on on the thing, like, I don't see how we would mesh as three countries. The Canadians are weird on the fact that, you know, as a country, right, not the people themselves, except for their airplane miles, okay? I'm That's, like, super creepy. You know how we have, like, rewards, like, if you go to the supermarket, like Albertson and whatnot, right? Uh, Canadians have something called airplane miles. So anything you do is an airplane mile. That, for me ringing technology big brother tracks everything you do so whatever you shop whatever you spend your points on where you fly what you do is all tracked and you voluntarily do it because they give you incentives to do it so it's creepy because they're part of the crown but they're not um their money reminds me of like the new monopoly money it's really 
you know, it's like they're Jekyll and Hyde. They don't know if they're Canadian or British yet. They're kind of like in the middle. They have a queen, but they don't subscribe to the queen. So, so that's one. And then we have the Mexicans who in Mexico, their culture is completely unique. I love Mexico. Like it is so awesome to just go down there, um, you know, get your coffee by the plaza. If you're on the seaside, just relax, go to your local grocer next door. You can find a tailor. Like it's so homey. It's so nice. And you know, the air, I say this all the time because I've traveled a lot. The one thing that I liked about Mexico was the smell when you get off the plane. So the smell that you get when you get to Mexico, and, and I went in the summer, so maybe it was a little bit more intense, but it actually smelled like pine orange. I know it, it was like a back hue to it. I don't know. It was very comforting, very welcoming. And I know that there's a really dark side of, you know, Mexico, the cartels, the mobs, but that's everywhere. It's just more apparent in Mexico because you know, they have presidents like Peña, who was paid $100 million by El Chapo. You know, because like I've said before, everybody has a price. Speaking of everybody has a price. A TSA agent jumped off uh, a building, if you remember, this weekend. And that just goes to show that slowly these people are starting to understand that they're getting caught. Right? Uh, no reason why a TSA agent would jump off a roof off duty so that means he was in there for questioning because i don't know why you would be a tsa agent off duty and like hanging out at your workplace like that's just weird okay so he was probably being questioned and he jumped off because he got caught because see everybody has a price i've said this before from border agents tsa you name it and politicians they have a price that's the problem with being human we get greedy. That is the worst quality we have because we've lost the ability to self-check ourselves. You know what I mean? Like give yourself a self-check and say, well, that's not right. Even though I'd really love to buy that dress and I'd really love to pay off this debt and they're giving me $50,000 to look the other way to get in, you know, 36 pounds of Coke, you know, through the airport, um, you know, but we don't do that anymore. We're so, I mean, that's the beauty of humanity though, right? That we can be good and evil. That's the thing. That's what makes you human. But that's the problem. Everybody has a price. And slowly we're seeing now with the implementations of this administration, whether people like it or not, our economy is booming. Our jobs are being created. We need immigration, proper immigration. You know, you don't want a criminal living next to you. You don't want someone that rapes little kids entering your country. Why would you? You want to check them. And these people don't even want to be checked because they're scared. You're going to find out they committed crimes in their country. We have organized, federally funded, you know, programs that bring criminals in. You know, I was on my show two Wednesdays ago with Laura Loomer and we were talking about the Sharia police in New York, right? Like, this is a real thing. They have cars that are Sharia police. They patrol Brooklyn and now they're in the Bronx where they're patrolling the place. And if you're a Muslim and you're not complying with Sharia, they have the right to arrest you, ticket you, slap, slap you, whatever they want to do to you. That, you know, that's not the way it works in America. We're all about freedom, but you know where freedom stops? And I don't know how people miss this. 
I have the right to say whatever I want. If I want to be racist, I can be racist. If I want to be a xenophobe, I could be a xenophobe. I could do whatever I want as long as I don't cause harm to someone. Now, me, um, you know, calling someone a name and being, you know, racist and saying, oh, you're this, nah, you know, it's sticks and stones when may break my bones, right? You just have to suck it up and just ignore the person. That, how do you quantify emotional hurt? My kid, if you used to take away her chicken nugget, it was like you took her life away. So, you know, think about it. Every single person has a different tolerance. Do you know how many names I get called? Oh, my gosh. Especially when I go after big politicians. There is not a name in the book someone hasn't called me. If I started filing hate crimes (laughs) against every single person, I would be in court for at least 500 years. Because, uh, you know, the tolerance level of accepting other people to say what they want has dropped tremendously. It's like we're a glass nation. We all get hurt. We can't poke fun at each other anymore. We have to be politically correct. We're curbing our speech, right? But what was free speech? Free speech is like, yeah, you're going to get angry. Free speech is messy. It's ugly. It's disgusting. But it's free. That's the point. We should have the right to say whatever we want. It's at the point that it causes harm to another, like financial harm, right? So if I go after you and I like tell your employer all this stuff about you and you get fired, you're liable because you caused me damage. Now, if I'm sitting there and saying, oh, look at him with his belly hanging out. I'm fat shaming him. Um, I don't see how that constitutes, you know, any crime committed. I don't see how it's a hate crime to say, hey, you better stay stay away from that donut. You're one donut away from a heart attack. You know, suddenly that's a hate crime because it's called fat shaming out. And you know, I'm pudgy. I'm good with that. Do you know how many times my family's like, hey, lay off that Twinkie. Keep in mind, this is the state of our union. That's why I brought this up. What is President Trump going to say of our state of union? Here's what's going to happen. If they don't pull the plug on Ruth to delay it, first of all, we're going to see the boycott. So there's going to be a lot of empty seats. We're going to have that clown from Atlanta come in, the one that lost, you know, Abrams. I don't know why they're bringing her. I mean, come on, Democrats. Can't you do better than that? Seriously? So that goes down. So the president's going to stand up and he's going to tell us this. Our economy is great, which it is. We have more jobs, which it is. He's fixing healthcare because something that was underreported is that now pharmaceutical companies cannot negotiate with insurances for pharmaceutical prices. They have to have prices that are transparent. So no longer will you go to the pharmacy and fill your antibiotic and wait and see, you know, your surprise price at the end. Like if you have insurance, it's going to be like, surprise, today it's only $4. And then the next time you go, it's like, surprise, 50 bucks. Because, you know, these are negotiations that the pharmaceutical companies do with insurance, right? No more. These pharmaceutical manufacturers and the majority, the biggest one is in Mexico, Teva Pharmaceuticals. They now have to put out a price list to the customer. So next time you would be going into the pharmacy, instead of submitting your insurance and waiting for the the surprise price, uh, because that's what I like to call it, it's a surprise price, you'll be able to see a price list and know exactly where you stand and how much you're going to pay. And that's pretty incredible. Because when they set out the price, they can't put 
a hundred thousand percent markup anymore. If the pill costs you 19 cents to produce, how do you justify $84 price? That's the thing. So that's pretty incredible considering that the pharmaceutical um, representative that President Trump had put forward to fix this was murdered in October, if you remember. He was the one that had gone to negotiate this back in October, and he was found slumped over in front of his garage door, and they ruled it a suicide even though he died from multiple blunt force trauma. I don't know how you can beat yourself up to death. So that was very curious, but that came through. So that's something else he's going to talk about, how we're tackling health care, because that is the next step. Because before 2020, he needs to deliver on that. He needs to deliver the wall to provide a security, and he needs to deliver health care for all. He needs to have something that's sound. Maybe bring us back to the 90s where insurance was tolerable in price, negotiable, Right. And you can pick your own doctor. You know, PPOs were everywhere. Now they're like a, a rare diamond, you know, um, in, in a bunch of glass. You can't find it. So he's going to talk about how great it is. But will he talk about how horrible it is? How divisive our nation is? You know, like that Jussie Smollett guy, total liar. Supposedly went to Subway, got beat up and a noose around his head. But for some reason, he arrived with no noose around his head, no beat up, and still had a Subway sandwich when he entered his house. Apparently, he was on the phone with his manager when it happened, but he won't turn over his phone to prove that he was with his manager. And then the two suspects they found somewhere near were in the area walking away from the scene 30 minutes before the event happened. So it's kind of like, damn, if I'm getting beat up, there's no way I'm holding on to my sandwich. How do you hold your sandwich intact? I'm just saying, guys, have you ever gone out to get a sub and you're holding it? Just holding it wrong will bend it and make it all soggy and disgusting. This guy arrived at his apartment building, walked through his sandwich, looked pristine on video, and you're thinking, this is a guy that was just beat up? Divisiveness. They're promoting segregation. They're promoting us to hate each other, and they're beefing up Antifa. That's the State of the Union. That the Democrats have are no longer Democratic. If we realize that there's no Republican Party, no Democrat Party, and there's just a for America or against America party, this would be a lot easier. And I've said this many, 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 many times before on my show. There are no two parties. You're either with America or not. And when you vote, it doesn't matter what party they're, they, they, they say they're part of. Vote for the person and what they're telling you they're going to do. Like them or not. I voted for someone I don't like. But... Their policies were what I liked. Okay? I may not agree with them. Their policies. In other news, we were right again, right, about the whole uh, border committee being a facade. So at the top, I'm at the top of the hour. So now we're going to be bringing on after this short break, Cindy, she is awesome. I will let her do her introduction, tell you where you can find her and all that good stuff. I'll see you guys in a bit.
Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Tori. Remember, you can always find me on ToriSays.com, on Red State Talk Radio, Gab and Twitter, same handle, Tori underscore says. Now, like I said, today I'm bringing on Cindy Shemp. I'm going to let her introduce herself to you. All I can tell you is this is the first of many times I will have her on. I will schedule a day where I will have her on for two hours. Um, and maybe we can do uh, one hour in English and one in Spanish. Sí, por favor. Oh, gracias. Uh, so my Spanish is not so good. It's Italian that I'm fluent in. But una faza, una razza. And it's the same language. Right. So um, that's the way it is. It is one language that is the same romance base. We'll see. But I definitely want to have her on for two hours because she is a wealth of information. She is a unicorn um, for me because it's so difficult to find people that have decided to not party subscribe. That's the thing. You don't party subscribe. You're critical of all. Um, those of you that know, because I'm getting bunches of texts after a post that I did about, um, you know, that corrupt senator uh, that is in uh, the border security meeting, the one that skirted the question about a veto override, the one that, uh, you know, supposedly is a Republican, you know, Senator John Hoven. We're going to get into that. I've, I've pulled out a lot of emails with him and Hillary Clinton, and I will outline to you just how he lined his pockets with Benghazi money. I know a lot of you have been texting me and DMing me. We will get to it. You know I like to drop hints because he's got to know I'm coming for him. I mean, Peter Strzok didn't know I was coming for him, and I came. Brennan didn't know I was coming for him, and I came. And a lot of other people need to know. This is why I've been dropping those. So it's pretty incredible for us to see that through these digging and through the Mueller investigation, so much is coming out from Uranium One and Benghazi. And you can't believe the players that are coming. And it's pretty unfortunate that we spent all this tax money. I mean, my question is, we just spent millions and millions on Mueller. Are we going to get that money back? I don't think so. But on the other hand, we did get to find out Benghazi, the money that was made, by which senators, because Blumenthal's already been through magistrate court. I haven't seen a docket, though, for Hoven. Waiting to see on that one. Now, uh, with no further ado, I'd like to introduce you guys to Cindy, who is awesome, and she will tell you where you can find her. I think she's actually streaming this on her network, too. Let her tell you that stuff, because I'll probably trip over my mouth. Cindy, welcome to the Tori Sess Show on Red State Talk Radio. We're really excited to have you, and I'm pretty sure that Scott Adams is listening, and he might want to have you on his show, too, at some point. I'm thrilled, and I really want to thank you for having me on and giving me this opportunity to talk about the caravan. Um, my name is Cindy Gomez-Shemp. <clears throat> my show is 
a Mexican crossing lines because I like to talk about um, my perspective as a Mexican-American living on both sides of the border and looking at what's happening in Mexico and comparing it to American politics. Um, you can find me on social media, on uh, Twitter at media underscore PPP. You can follow us on 88.1 FM Fargo Moorhead, the People's Press, Press Project and Mexican Online. You can also go and find us on YouTube at Duke1517. It's my husband's channel. Um, so once again, really thank you for giving me this chance to talk about the caravan. Are you kidding? Thank you. It's been crazy in the last 24 to 48 hours. There's been a massive mobilization of people toward a encampments. I'm going to say encampments because there's one now. There will be more. They started off with this um, Somi Sec, they call it, uh, village. Uh, and it was going to be a camp that was supposed to be both protecting a butterfly sanctuary that really isn't and also stopping the construction of a border wall uh, in Mission, Texas. So this group of people that are the creators of the Border Support Network um, are now on the border trying to get camps together for activists that are supposed to be protecting the caravan. They're going to be comprised of veterans groups, um, and they're going to be uh, supposed healers. Uh, I don't know uh, if we want to call them doctors because I don't know if they're actual doctors in this group or medics because I don't know if there are actual medics in this group. But it's, um, it's a, a group of people that are going to be there to protect and I believe to cross people Over illegally the into the United States. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why I know anything about this group of people and what they're doing is that two years ago, they came here to North Dakota and they were part of the encampment that lasted over a year that was part of the protest against the Dakota Access Pipeline. And during the course of my reporting on that, I had a group of people that came to me and told me that there was a woman who was being falsely framed for a crime she didn't commit. <clears throat> And I'm sure you heard about this. She was accused of leaving her elderly mother with dementia in a tent uh, half naked from the waist down, caked in her own excrement and urine and zip tied to a chair in freezing temperatures. Yeah, that was horrible. It was a horrible story. And it was very difficult for me to believe that somebody could make that all up. But this group of people did. The people that say that they are fighting to protect water and to care for uh, women and vulnerable people, they protect the sacred, they're water protectors. These are the people that framed Kathleen Bennett and put her mother, an elderly 82-year-old Oglala Lakota woman, in an early grave. And they did not look back. They didn't care that they were. this woman was facing 15 years in prison. And so I thought, well, these people are just frauds. They, they say all of the things progressives want to hear, all the things that liberals want to hear, you know, um, 
You can't drink oil, keep it in the soil. They say that they want to protect what is sacred. They say that they want to defend missing and murdered indigenous women and that they're going to find them. And at the same time, the very people that comprise these groups are raping women, are kidnapping women, are abusing and harassing sexually and otherwise women. So um, I continued to follow their activities after Standing Rock where they continue to do these camps, uh, fighting against different kinds of pipelines, not just here, in Canada as well. And then they also started to go from hurricane to, you know, um, Antifa rally, uh, march. And I thought, what is this? Why are people, many of them indigenous many of them with this uh, hard line for environmental protection, what are they doing at Antifa rallies? Why are they messaging to their core base that they need to go punch Nazis? What is this about? And uh, it, it, it's drawn me to the caravan because now the same people that astroturfed the hurricane in Houston and astroturfed the disaster relief in Puerto Rico are exploiting this caravan and they are subjecting the Mexican government and the Mexican people to their brand of terrorism. It is so. terrorism, domestic terrorism. It's like they're setting it up. Like you said, you were here. Why are you going there? And now you're here at the caravans too? Like, is it a coincidence that all of these are networked? I mean, Cindy's on point on this. This is why I said she's a unicorn. See, there's not a lot of people out there that can put and connect the dots and deliver it so easily so that you understand it, that these people overlap. It's not a conspiracy theory if it's true. I was just as polarized, Tori. And see, the thing is that because I am a Mexican crossing lines, when I started watching what was happening in Mexico, I thought, okay, how do I explain this to Americans? How do I make this something that they can understand in, in terms that Americans, uh, you know, see from their worldview? And that's when it kind of uh, solidified for me because I am a Mexican American and I can understand from the perspective of people in Mexico why the Mexican president, uh, Andres Manuel Lopez, Lopez Obrador, had to bring his country together and bring border security and migration and human rights all into the same plan. And he did it successfully. In Mexico, you don't have the entire country fighting over whether uh, letting the caravan come through is xenophobic and racist. That's what's happening in American media. But they're, they're trying to have a robust system of immigration that has barometric uh, identification of every person that comes in, that does background checks to make sure that we don't have people with warrants or criminal backgrounds coming into the country. And then we are speeding up the process, the the. Uh, humanitarian visa and travel IDs that the president is handing out in Mexico, they're being given to people in one week. So they have to get the southern border and stay there for one week 
a process that used to take months and a process that used to cost people money that many migrants couldn't afford is now being done in one week for free. And those, those people that don't want to come through really don't have any excuse because most people in Mexico know that if you don't want to go through the process of identi- identifying yourself at the southern border, you're probably hiding something and nobody wants you in Mexico and they will deport you if they catch you. So, um, yeah, but you can't say that that's racist. You can't deport people. See, that's the argument that we have here, that if you get caught at the border and you're a rapist or you have, you know, tons of fentanyl in your pocket or you're bringing meth, you're not allowed to be deported because you have a human right. See, that's not an argument that's correct within our like you said. Mexicans are all on board. They're like, you're going to be identified. If you're a criminal, you can't come in. In our nation, it's like, we don't care who you are. You just are allowed to come in. And it's like, but that's not safe. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm loving this relationship because the president even said that he's been working with Mexico. And look at Mexico stepping it up. But we can't do that in our nation because it's all about stomping your feet. And it was her turn. It's, right. it's, it's politics. It's- and it's this, it's this silly conversation about fighting over the border wall that both Democrats and Republicans previously had no problem funding. Uh, so it's kind of stupid. So people are going to take a stand against something that's really a foregone conclusion. It isn't like the wall isn't already there unless we're going to blow it up or, or get rid of it. It's already there. Uh, it needs to be finished in some places, fortified in others. It breaks. It gets old. Uh, people tear it down. You know, it, it gets damaged. It's not made out of concrete like the one in China. So what what we have to do is stop focusing on the stupid, petty conversations about the border wall and talk about who is crossing people illegally into our country right now and what are they doing with those people? What are they doing? Because they're manipulating the caravan. They're taking advantage of them. They're exploiting them. Uh, People like Mark Lane that has this um, institute um, for refugees and services. I have to find the name here. Um, it's called the uh, uh, Minority Humanitarian Foundation. Oh, my gosh. All these foundations always have creepy people. You know, oh, oh, my God. It do. used to be for uh, Ira- Iranian and... Um, refugees from Chaldean and Iranian backgrounds. And then suddenly uh, now they're, now they're doing caravans uh, support for the Central Americans, but they're, they're focusing on the people in the wheelchairs. They're focusing on the people that are, uh, you know, they, they have specific stories and they have these people uh, all the way from Central America on film. They're filming every step of the way, and then suddenly they find them in the United States after they get out of the detention centers. It's like, it's like magic. It's a movie, yeah, no, but that's how they tug at heartstrings. You know, they show you a story of it, and this is why it's immoral to build a wall, but they don't show you the criminals that jump in. They don't show you the little girls getting raped on the way. They don't show you the children, right? Um, That's the the thing about it. 
And um, she's right, 100%. Like, Cindy's on point with this. Where are they coming from? Remember the foundations. All of us were uh, here on my show a couple weeks ago when, um, and a couple months ago when uh, the head of the Foundation for Children that are Victims of Human Trafficking mm-hmm. was caught by the police in a trap where he was literally doing things to babies, infants, on camera. Right. You know, these and- are the worst people. The ones that run these foundations, there's so many foundations, they just need to stop having foundations. Well, I, I would like for people to look more closely at this border support network. The border support network used to be called the uh, Asylum Seekers Caravan Support Network. A lot of these groups, they morph and change names and uh, they change leadership um, they pass on the admin roles to other people within the organization once they burn their name in the media. But currently, uh, I know that you saw this, the Al Otro Lado group, which means on the other side, um, presumably right, the border, yes. is, is a group of people that are working very closely with that um, Mark Lane that I just told you about from that uh Humanitarian foundation that changed his um, demographics from Middle East. He's now moved it to Central America. Right. He is very tight with Jank Uger and TYT. In fact, he's a content producer for them. And uh, as as you know, Jank Uger and TYT were um, justice Democrats. Uh, they're they're running all of these political candidates in the background of all of this. Uh, caravan stuff is the politics because a lot of the folks that had uh, their beginning in politics uh, this last uh, midterm election that ended up getting elected to Congress had their origin stories at Standing Rock like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Did you know that she had her origin story at Standing Rock? Of course she did. Of course she did. And, you know, like I said, she's one of the most dangerous Democrats because even the Democrats fear her. She's so off her rocker um, that doesn't even align with their old money type old school politics. So, yeah, of course, they get their start. And like you said, they're all connected going from one to another. I agree. Right. And so this Al Otro Lado group just had two of their attorneys arrested in Mexico And this story is not getting enough traction because um, two of the attorneys, there's like three founders. Two of them got arrested and deported out of Mexico. And one of them that was not mentioned, her name is Nicole Ramos. um, I think maybe she might be the the kookiest of the bunch, um, has been camped out at the border with a bunch of Congress members and people from all of these extremist left groups that are literally bringing people into this country illegally um, and giving them bad legal advice, in my opinion, um, also are going into Mexico and disrupting things there and practicing law without a license. But the Mexican government is hip to this. So they lied to customs enforcement in Mexico They said that they were on vacation, but actually they were practicing law in Mexico and going in and advising people that they should be coming into the United States, that it's easy. This is the mantra that I've heard. All of those who are 
quote unquote, supporting the caravan. I say exploiting the caravan because they lie to people. They've organized a group of people in Central America, most of them from Honduras, and they've told them that they're going to provide transportation, they're going to provide housing, and they're going to provide jobs and sponsorships when they get to the U.S. Can they deliver on any of that? No, but they're still promising it. And they have people that are working with the media, like Mark Lane, working with TYT, that put out all these great stories. Look, here's this uh, person that you saw in the media a lot that was, uh, you know, dubbed Lady Frijoles or, you know, this uh, kid with Down syndrome named Javi. And now they're in the United States. See, dreams do come true. Just keep trying. Don't let anyone take your dream and don't let anyone tell you you don't have the right to migrate. That's what they tell them. And you know, speaking of al otro lado, you know, Nora Phillips was um, uh, stopped at the airport, right, in the city of Guadalajara. And um, so Nora Phillips is a lawyer. She's part of the organization al otro lado. lado. And um, basically, she was traveling there. Supposedly, what she told customs in Mexico was that she was going on vacation. But they mm-hmm. deported her back to L.A. They sent her back because the Mexican authorities actually did a great job sending her back because even though she lied and said that she was on vacation, it was proven that she wasn't because mm-hmm. there were a lot of immigrants protesting for her release while she was on hold. And um, apparently there was another one, a director of the organization by Erica Pinedo. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she was detained at the port of entry in Tijuana and she was not allowed to enter, uh, because they're practicing law in another country. And mm-hmm. so, uh, this guy named Carlos Amador posted, our friend Nora Phillips is being targeted by the U S government for work she's doing in Al otro lado in support of asylum seekers in Tijuana. She's being deported from Mexico and arrives at, you know, LAX terminal two at noon. Please join us in support. Nora and Al otro lado are doing tremendous, important work to help people in dire need. The Mexican government is cracking down on this because all these people are for caravans and they don't seem to understand that these caravans are organized. They're telling people, they're selling them these dreams of high and all these people yeah that'll happen when it doesn't half of them that end up in mexico don't even want to cross the border they just came along for the ride for whatever payment that they were promised and you know just in case it would actually work out so they're preying on people that you know it's just wrong i mean how wrong this is you know if you sit back your heart just stumps down thinking gosh the world is in a really ugly place if things like this happen and you can't even call the demon by its name anymore. You're not but, allowed to, that is. But, you know, even though we are very uh, polarized in our country, the Mexican authorities and the American authorities are not. Border Patrol uh, communicates with Inami, with uh, Segov. They, they communicate with Sedena. Like, there is communication going back and forth between Mexican and American authorities, and they're doing a great job. Let's thank them because they are communicating back and forth who they're looking for, uh, what extremist groups they come from, um, whether or not we want to label Antifa's work terrorism. What we do know is that any illegal activities that they are undertaking in Mexico are jointly with the United States Border Patrol and Homeland Security. They are being questioned. They are being called onto the carpet. Many of them have already been questioned and interrogated by Homeland Security. And now two of the al otro lado lawyers have been ID'd. One of them said that she was held 
in custody by the Mexican authorities for nine hours without food or any communication. And so I believe she was questioned. And if folks want to mess around, you don't want to do it in Mexico. You don't want to do it with Homeland Security or Border Patrol. This is not Kansas anymore, Toto. And that's because Mexico is leading on that. See, we may be polarized in our country, but Mexico has taken the lead. And this gives merit and weight to something that people have laughed at when the president said, Mexico and I are working on this with the new president. He said it how many times? And no one's listening because the Mexicans, unlike our our country, the Americans, are unified in wanting national security. They Mexico- want to be safe. Mexicans are used to seeing migration. We've never seen anything like this. We it's know that this is manufactured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know it's not organic. We know that these are not migrants that are fleeing for their life, as they say. Some of them, sure. All of them, there's no way. Because people that are fleeing for their life don't go from town to town in Mexico partying, doing drugs openly, having, you know, do, doing lewd acts in public. Uh, destroying a property uh, on their route. People try to keep a low profile when they're traveling through somebody else's country. These people do not give a rip yeah. and they feel entitled. Yes. They demand things too. That's mm-hmm. the weird thing. Like if I was a refugee, I would be grateful for anything. And if, I don't know if you ran into the vice president's round table with the Venezuelan refugees, we talked about that yesterday. Um, these were actual people that sought asylum. You know, they they had a professor, which means he invested 30 years of his life in education, was a professor at a university, had to leave everything and Mm -hmm. smuggle himself out of the country because he feared for his life, left his house, his trophies, his degrees, everything behind except for his Venezuelan ID so he can prove who he was to get somewhere to apply for asylum within the United States. I mean, that's what an asylum seeker does. He doesn't go out there and party and say, give me this food. You better give me housing. I need this. No, they say, I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you for helping me. I've been working with immigration uh, paperwork, helping people get their citizenship, their work visas, all of that. Uh, Ever since I was a teenager, I was helping with translating. And I have never heard so many people that have no experience, no background, no training in immigration law, in refugee work, in any of the customs or traditions of Mexico or their laws in in the forefront of a conversation about caravans like these folks. They don't have any business doing this work. And I've talked to a lot of immigration lawyers I believe what they're doing is unethical and illegal because they are improperly advising, unethically advising people to come to the United States and throw themselves over a border wall. Why would anybody do that? The Mexican president has given these people a safe option. Identify yourself and you can travel freely. We'll give you an option to work here and stay here and request asylum if you want it. Why can't we do the same thing here in the United States? Why should people be jumping over a border wall, taking their, risking their lives, breaking their bones, 
I mean, it's no, ridiculous. You're right. You're right. You're right. And, and um, you know, I've told you and many of my listeners know my husband is a legal immigrant. It's a very expensive process. Uh, you know, when I came back stateside, uh, he came with us. And then I said, go away, go back to Europe and wait until your paperwork is done. Then you come home. And we stayed apart for four months until it was done because that is the right way to do it. But it's very expensive. And it's kind of like adoption, right? We have so many kids that need homes, but they make it almost impossible for anyone to afford, uh, you know, to adopt a child. So, you know, it makes the more nefarious persons able to adopt children that have immense money, right? And they stay in the system. And the same thing with immigration. There's a lot of hardworking people that would like to come. But it costs a fortune. People just migrating from Canada here will spend thousands and thousands. And apparently, you know, if you pay an extra thousand, two thousand, maybe they'll expedite your application. Um, because uh, like yourself... I work in linguistics as well. So I'm always at um, courts, uh, you know, virtually, obviously, because, you know, yeah. that type of aspect, um, helping people maneuver uh, the immigration grounds and also when they get arrested. You know, um, because, you know, everyone keeps thinking, oh, all these Mexicans are coming in, doing all this. Man, it's those overstay visas like 21 Savage. I'll tell you what. Once I had a, I had I was called in to interpret for a federal case. Mm -hmm. Apparently a lady um, was pregnant. You know, this, you know, pregnancy type deal. She came in with a, a visa for holiday, concealed that she was pregnant, had a baby two months later, <clears throat> and they went to the doctor. Um, after she had the baby and she was sick and she gave a name that was not hers. It was actually, uh, a Hispanic name. And that Hispanic name was someone that was using that social security number that didn't belong to them either. So it was like a huge, you know, crackdown on illegal immigrants. And the majority of them weren't even from Mexico, only one. The rest of them were from other countries like Poland, Greece, Saudi Arabia. What? You know, people don't seem to realize our immigration system is too expensive for people that actually want to come here like our ancestors did, like my father did. My father came here illegally when he was a kid, illegally. I mean, there wasn't really any legality, right? He was on a ship and he turned mm -hmm. up when he was 13, left you know, before he turned of age and then he came back, he became an American citizen after a while, you know, married my mom. She became an American citizen after a while, had me and my siblings, you know, and we were raised in the state. They wanted the American dream and they did. But then it wasn't as expensive. I mean, thousands of dollars, guys. Thousands. Right, right. And, and for most people, it's prohibitive. In fact, that's why we can tell that these caravans are not organic because most people would not take, would not be able to take the trip. They just couldn't afford it, especially coming from Central American countries, which are some of the poorest. Uh, so I've compiled and I, and I've done this article in Spanish and in English. Um, you can go find it uh, on kpppfm.com. That's kppp3psfm.com. I've done Spanish and English articles identifying some of the leaders of some of these extremist organizations, including, I'm sure you're familiar with these, BAM, like By Any Means Necessary, uh -huh. uh, Al Otro Lado, Antifa, the Border Support Network, 
and some of the, the you know, the, the main players, the leadership coming from Standing Rock, the AIM American Indian movement, for those that don't know what I'm talking about, uh, leadership that was behind the Indigenous Peoples March and supporters and uh, cohorts of Nathan Phillips. And one of the things that I was trying to explain to Americans about what happened with the Covington Catholic School kids is that Nathan Phillips is being primed. He has to have his origin story, you see, because Nathan Phillips is a veteran. And Nathan Phillips is also a standing rock water protector hero slash something important. So how is he going to insert himself in the border conversation? How is he going to go down there and be with the veterans that are going to go protect the caravan? Why he has to have an origin story. He's going to be the guy from the Indigenous Peoples March that stood up against the MAGA hat wearing kids that were yelling, build the wall. So when he's down there at the camps where they're going to build the wall and he's going to stand in front of the bulldozers and the other equipment, there's going to be a reason why. Because otherwise, what the hell are all these American Indian uh, movement and Indigenous Peoples March people doing? inserting themselves into a conversation about the border wall with veterans, right? Don't make no sense. But when you think about how they've created these background stories, like Ocasio-Cortez did, it's all, you know, it's kind of like a a movie set. Mm -hmm. And they come on the movie set. That's what Standing Rock was, was a bunch of actors. And they, they have their moment in the spotlight. They get to make national news. And then when you see them running for office, you're like, oh, Tulsi Gabbard, she was standing with water protectors. That's why we need to vote for her. But it was just a movie set. Yeah, they never really wanted to stand with anything. It's no. just about getting the emotional clout because they bank on people disregarding facts for emotions. They bank on people uh, not reasoning. And we're seeing a lot of that. I mean, you know, I did an article recently for an international magazine called Polyquads about mm-hmm. Antifa. And that's basically what they bank on. They don't bank on reality checks or someone saying, well, hold on a second. Wait a minute. Um, just like you said, how are you there, there and there when they're all three different issues and mm-hmm. you're kind of blending yourself like what business does the Native American community have in Mexico? You know mm-hmm. what? You know, they don't want people to question because they're busy bombarding you through music advertisement and the talking heads and mainstream media. And that includes Fox. Let's be honest. OK, all of them take marching orders and they decide that if they set fire to your emotions, if they set fire to hate, because that is a very strong emotion. It's just mm-hmm. like love people become incessant about it. They're just obsessed and they're foaming at the mouth and they just can't stop or get enough of hate, hate, hate. It's a very deep hole. And that's what they bank on. That's exactly it. If you look at this camp that they're building right now, the the first one that they have right there in Mission, Texas, look at how much stuff is layered on there. They have the butterfly sanctuary. So they're saving the butterflies, right? Also, they found this abandoned cemetery that's mostly probably got, you know, white veterans laying there. But they're saying that there are Native Americans that are buried there, too. And, of course, there are unmarked graves, so we may never know. But they are going to put their bodies on the line to stop anyone from disturbing that sacred ground. Sound familiar? They did the same thing at Standing Rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then on top of that, 
they're going to stand against the wall because the Carrizo Come Crudo tribe is going to, um, you know, they're going to have their sovereignty rights uh, recognized. And that's what they're fighting for, too. They're fighting for the rights of indigenous people like the Carrizo Come Crudo tribe to say, we don't want a wall. We're native to this land and we were here before the Americans and we didn't have any walls like Nathan Phillips said. So that's why they have the right to stand against the building of the wall. Do they care whether or not a wall is built there? No. Did they even care about who was buried in that cemetery a week ago? Nobody cared. Do they really care about the butterfly sanctuary? No, there isn't even really one there. Just I know, it's just, it is it is so they could get people fired up and people jump on board and that was their job it's kind of when you watch a movie do you think they didn't laugh during the scenes that are making you cry of course they did you know but it what did they cause to you the emotion that they wanted they wanted you to tear jerk you know when they recorded the notebook one of the biggest clean that should come with like huge kleenex tissue alert right tissue alerts they were laughing throughout the whole video taping of it and you wouldn't think that they were hysterically laughing and you're sitting there bawling your eyes out at the movie but in the meantime there's so many bloopers of that movie and this is exactly what you're describing they really don't care they just want your emotion we've been taken by actors but you know what actors are paid liars they are they're paid to cry and you know their emotions can switch on a dime that's what they do right now some of the people that are marching as we speak they're having a march in mission texas against border patrol it's already you know they're mobilizing people so a week ago there was six people there by tomorrow they'll have hundreds i am not joking which is one of the reasons i wanted to come on your show i wanted to invite people to go to my website and look at the articles, check out the shows where I lay down in great detail the research I've been doing for the past two years of who is at the head of each one of these extremist organizations and who their cohorts are. Because they're actors, B, D, and E-list actors, but they are entertainers, rappers, poetry slam. Oh, <laughs> we're gonna see kathy griffin hanging out there too you watch i mean she's oh, desperate from hollywood yeah hollywood's already getting involved well she's like an f list type person <laughs> you know but i i would expect her to pop her head out there i mean Alyssa milano's everywhere i mean this woman she doesn't even know what she stands for anymore she's pro this against that then she's against that but pro this uh you know, you know it's just pro? incredible they're pro a check in the mail and if yes. their career is on the, you know, decline, mm-hmm. activism is the new way to push your brand, to push your label. Everybody wants to be on the right side of history. And the media and social media are telling you what that is, right? Yeah, they are. They're telling you, they're telling you what they need more of and they drive that home. They tell mm-hmm. you we need people to be, you know, because when we're emotional, come on, can we think? No, we can't. We're so Mm-mm. fogged up with emotions that we just ravage and rage or love unconditionally and can't see, right? When we're in love, we're wearing pink colored glasses. When we're angry, they're red. So no matter what comes in your way, what flowers? I hate flowers. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just because you're angry and furious. And this is what they're doing. They're fueling this divisive anger uh, conversation to 
further polarize our country when we shouldn't be in a place like this. I mean, our own elected officials are approving this on both sides because there aren't two sides. If we see that, you know, so a warning, and I know you've talked about this a lot on your show, but a warning to your audience and Americans that two of the big topics that are going to be brought up by these same folks that are messing with the caravan and exploiting them is that they're positioning themselves because these are topics that are hot in American politics to be part of the human trafficking discussion and the missing and murdered indigenous women. Now they don't necessarily have any backgrounds in those things, but they're going to be experts on them now and they definitely want to get paid. They want to be uh, part of the federal funding that's going to be uh, given out for finding missing and murdered indigenous women. They want to be in the political discussion about what we do on human trafficking, but they want to get paid. I don't know if you realize this, but these people in California right now are getting uh, money from Gavin Newsom to put up a shelter to support the caravan that they're illegally bringing here. So our American politicians need to be on the lookout for who they're funding, who they're supporting, and whether or not they have ties to these extremist groups. Because behind what they're doing, it may look like you're just helping to make sure that the migrant caravan is taken care of. But what these folks are really doing is exploiting people and people get trafficked, people get killed. Last Mm -hmm. caravan that they brought over, one of the people that they brought into detention facilities here was was killed. They died. Right. They don't talk about taking responsibility for the life of that person that they brought into our country. Her name was Roxana. She had AIDS. She died in a hospital of complications from that. But she lied to Mexican authorities, the people that brought her through Mexico um, that are connected to these extremist groups uh, that are connected to Al Otro Lado that are connected to that border support network, that are connected to these, um, uh, you know, ACLU lawyers and other um, nonprofit organizations that are, that are, you know, connected to the AIM movement, Linda Sarsour, the Women's March, all those people are getting involved in the caravan support network. Linda Sarsour, who called for jihad against the president, remember? That Linda Sarsour. Yes, that Linda Sarsour is paying for hotel rooms for people in the caravan just as recently as a couple of weeks ago. Um, And, you know, she's working with the uh, clergy group that went down, the new sanctuary clergy group that went down to Tijuana. It's, It's terrifying to me to see all of these groups coming together to astroturf this particular issue because they're doing it with the Mexican people. They are literally holding our border hostage. They, they have the ability to take the caravan and close the border at any moment with the people from the caravan, like they did last year around November 20th. And then also they have the ability to take people by hundreds to the border and have these violent clashes with border patrol. We should be very concerned about continuing to support and fund those particular groups in the United States right now. Mexico is not wasting time identifying who these people are, arresting them, questioning them, deporting them. 
like they did with these al otro lado lawyers, we need to step up our game on this side of the border. Mexico is lucky, though, because on their southern border where they're coming from, there's an actual border wall. So it's a lot easier to stop people and say, hey, I want to ID you, then you can come into the country. We don't even have that luxury. They're just popping in from corners, going wherever they want. And it's like a wall isn't racist. I mean, I was listening to Pelosi talk and all she said was, we should make our roads to the ports of entry better so they're easily accessible. And I'm thinking, is she insane? Does she really think a drug dealer with uh, drugs or kids tied up and strapped up in the boot of his car is going to go through a port of entry? I mean, how many people were stopped the other day, someone was stopped for having liquid meth in their tires. Some women I, were stopped for having drugs inside them, you know, inside them because they were sniffed and they were like, it's in your body cavity. And these are women, right? Could you imagine I, going through surgery and having bags of Coke put inside you and you're supposed to transfer? You think anyone would volunteer for that? They do. I, I don't think that they necessarily volunteer for it, but it happens. And the majority of the drugs is just, like you said, coming Voluntold. right through the border. They're coming, they're, they are coming through the border because you know what? There are corrupt people in Border Patrol. There are corrupt people in Customs. It happens. Everyone has a price. Everyone has a price. You said it earlier. Yep. It, the majority of it does come through that way. And but the majority comes through unwalled areas and not ports. That's where you see them come around with big vehicles, with humans in them, because you can't transport a truck with tons of people through Port Authority because they're going to see it through infrared. Don't forget you have tunnels. Yep. Don't forget about Maybe that's all the why they don't want us digging up on that area with the supposed bodies, right? You can't dig up a cemetery if it's Native American to find the tunnels, right? They don't, they don't talk about all the different ways that the drugs come in. But the problem, you know, the real issue is that we are not communicating. Our, our people here in the United States are so triggered by the conversation that we can't, we can't share information. Uh, we can't identify what our security for our country uh, needs. And uh, you know, these these folks are wreaking havoc in the media and in our politics here in the United States. They're not getting away with it in Mexico. Thank God. But here in the United States, they are wreaking havoc. And uh, for the next unforeseeable future, I'm thinking um, since President Trump said that he's going to have troops at the border until September of this year, that he knows something we don't. And that we should anticipate that these camps are going to be going on for some time, as well as caravans coming for some time. Well, I'm hoping that the State of the Union, he drops his mic at the end and says, well, for that reason, national emergency. And just calls it because I know him and AMLO need to sit down and have a coffee together. Mm -hmm. you know, and just have a chat and say, all right, how do we deal with this? We both want our countries to be prosperous. We want our countries to be safe. What do we do? How can we work together? But the polarization in our country is just disallowing for any conversation. Do you remember when Standing Rock happened that there was a huge battle about where the funding was going to come from for mm -hmm. the state, all mm -hmm. a million dollars mm -hmm. that were expended with, the, you know, law enforcement? Mm -hmm. This is the same thing happening in Mexico. You think Baja California expected this? You think Querétaro? You think that Oaxaca? You think Chiapas expected this? And th they didn't have a, a line item budget for 10,000 people coming through their town. Right. You, 
they are demanding that the president, and of course, AMLO just took power, but they were asking Peña before that, hey, can we have some funding for this? And so, of course, the people in these states where this is happening, they're, they're sick of this. They're tired of having to deal with this and taking the money out of their own pockets and not getting any kind of reimbursement. So I'm not club. saying I'm not saying that there is not uh, contention over this issue in Mexico. They're just handling a lot better. But at the end of the day, the financing has to come through for the states from the federal government. They need to see that they are supported by their president. And I think same thing has to happen here. Because if we're not going to do that, then there's no way that the government, the federal government, is going to help states that are going to be in a pinch because of all of the immigrants coming in. Well, that's the thing. I don't think the federal government or any and most people, and I kind of side with that idea, want to give further funding because they, they the, the illegal immigration that has been uh, that has been going on check. First of all, most of them are in our prison systems, right? The, the, a lot of them are in our prison system and that comes out of our pocket. And then we have the others that are still living, um, you know, uh, within our country, 25 millions worth that we are paying for. We're paying for their health care, their food stamps, their training. And no one asked. No one gave support. So they're already getting funding. So allocating further funding is just perpetuating rather than fixing the issue. You but know, they're it's not, not going it's, away. Right. They're not. It's 25 million people. They're not going away. And that is a that is a problem because you don't know who these 25 million people are. You know, and now every single day the number rises because if you remember during the 2016 elections when illegal immigration was being brought up, they were like, oh, there's only 1.6 million. That number is now 25 to 30 million. And, you know, 1.6 million was just one state of illegal voters. Mm-hmm. One state. And and so it it's it's pretty, you know, we're in a difficult position because we have been paying out of our own pocket. And People asking for further funding is a lot. I do know, though, that he spoke with Texas in regarding to allocating funds to help them with the situation with Border Patrol. And, you know, if the Democrats don't want to fund that, he gives the money to Texas and they do it themselves. You know, I mean, and each state can deal with their portion. Honestly, here's the thing. I think these, that's the best. Border too. states, these border states are going to have to deal with this, whether or not the federal government helps them. They have to. Yeah, it's their responsibility. Yeah, just like what happened here in North Dakota, Mm -hmm. regardless of whether or not President Obama or later Trump helped us with the funding, it still had to be done and it got done. Well, Obama supported the the protest. Uh, Didn't didn't that corrupt attorney general try to file a case and sue people to get money back? I yeah, yeah I don't know but I I don't believe I don't believe that Obama really supported. Uh, Obama kind of was out of both sides of his mouth. He didn't you know um necessarily help or hinder, but I don't think that he really supported it. Bottom line is though, we had to take care of business here in North Dakota and we did it. And those border states are going to have to deal with mm-hmm. the influx of these migrants with or without support from the federal government, both in Mexico and here in the United States. They're going to have to deal with these Antifa people. They're going to have to deal with the increase in the, in the crime because in Tijuana, the federal police chief stated that increases in crime across the board, highway deaths, uh, thefts, uh, in all of the uh, different violent crimes, all of it increased while he was focused on securing 
this caravan making they, they had to have extra security and of course they had to provide extra police every time these people wanted to march toward the border so this is going to be ongoing you see that they have these marches you see that they have these protests that they're blocking roads that they're closing ports of entry that's going to cost money it's going to cost money in police in border patrol and all of these different resources they're going to have to have housing for these people uh, whether it's at shelters um or what they did, you know, with the with the tents <laughs> in the park. Or the apartment buildings that they bought that I sent you that Michelle saw down in San Diego, where they bought apartment buildings to house uh, these caravan migrants. But she was screaming, well, what about our veterans? They're on the street. Why aren't we buying houses for them? And nobody cared. Did you see that video? I was shocked. How do we find money to do this for the caravans, but not for our own people? Which, Corey, you know? I, I, this is the same conversation people yeah. are having in Mexico. Do right. you know how many people are homeless in the state? And the they're funding for the caravan and not the people of Mexico. Exactly. So it's not yeah. just us that are going through it. Um, we only have like two minutes left. How did time go by like this? I don't know. I don't really know, crazy. right? Guys, isn't she amazing? I'm going to have her on for like a full two hours. I promise I will have her on maybe next week if she allows me to um, for like a full two hours. And I'll have the phone lines open so you guys can ask her questions and everything. Because this caravan problem isn't just an American problem. You know, no. Mexicans are are feeling the same way we are. Mm-hmm. The same exact way. It's just that their president, you know, is lucky that he has a wall on the southern side to filter the stuff out. We don't have a wall, so it's a little bit more difficult because we can't quantify or catch everyone because we don't have the bodies and we don't have the capacity and we're being fought on that. So, you know, they're struggling just like we're struggling. Um, you have anything to say to our Red State listeners, Cindy, before we get... It was a pleasure. Uh, please go check out kppfm.com. Follow us on social media at media underscore PPP, Duke1517 on YouTube. Check out my article so that you can help identify these folks. Get this information out to all of the authorities on the border in your states. Uh, let's uh, do the best that we can to uh, protect America from these uh, Antifa people. And, you know, we can we can put a dent in their movement and um, stop this nonsense. Yeah. And if everybody kept calling their congresspersons and senators to tell them, hey, can we like label Antifa as a domestic terror group? This would not be happening because Antifa is the same as BAM, same as everything. You know, we haven't heard from BLM in a while. Maybe they'll pop up, too, at the border somewhere. You know, they'll they'll be coming, too. So. Um, everyone, uh, from all of us here at Red State, we want to thank you, Cindy, for being here. Uh, you're an amazing wealth of information. I follow her. I love her shows. Like when I was introduced to her, I was just floored. So thank you, Cindy, for being with us tomorrow, guys. We got the state of the union that we're going to talk about. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to have Cindy on here at some point next week for at least two hours. Thank you and have a great afternoon. Stay healthy and happy. From all of us at Red State, have a great evening.